Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Believe SoCal Sweat. Now, today's topic is going to be bringing proper nutrition education to lower income families in communities. So much of the time, nutrition is only glossed on in the media and in schools, but it's so important to teach families how to budget, how to properly prepare meals, especially, again, on a budget. And there are so many tips and tricks to help lower income families and the communities to access healthy food. Because as we know, food is medicine. And what we intake helps our body, helps fight disease, helps us in better mental health, energy. And with kids in Zoom school, it's daunting, it's exhausting, and they need proper energy from good food. And I'm so excited to bring on my guest today. Her name is Gwendolyn Limon, and she owns Simply Social Health Media, as well as Simply Dished. She has a wonderful background of growing up in a pizza restaurant, and she's passionate about helping others lead a healthy lifestyle. She comes from a Fortune 500 healthcare and wellness sector for over 10 years in business development, sales, and marketing. After working so many years in that health space, with five years of working at a radiation cancer center as a regional marketing director, she was bombarded with cancer numbers and data. And from those statistics, she was alarmed that the cancer patients were younger and younger. This led her to take an honest look at her own health and her family's health and history. And she did in fact see that cancer and other diseases were in her family. And she knew that she could decrease her likelihood She's a daughter, a sister, a mother of two children, and a military wife. And growing up, she was fortunate to have two parents who had and still have a love for cooking and nutrition, so much so that they owned their own restaurant. So she looked at alternative health practices and methods to heal the body holistically through her parents, who were very forward-thinking. And she's made it her life's mission to be proactive versus reactive in her own personal health and those of others. She has a passion, just like myself, to bring low-income communities and low-income households proper nutrition education. There are so many worries about income and what the food costs and the preparation. Sometimes people have a single-parent family with several children, and it's very difficult. Maybe that person you know, works two jobs, and it's so difficult to proper meal prepare and properly shop with, you know, what do you do? What do you buy? How do you make sustainability and the food go a long way? Well, Gwendolyn is amazing in all of that. And she can teach so many tips and tricks. The stuff that she taught me today is I will incorporate for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Things I hadn't even thought about. So she owns Simply Social Health Media as well as Simply Dished. And I encourage you to go to her Simply Dished site on Instagram and on her website, which is just beautiful because she happens to be a food photographer. So it is my ultimate pleasure to welcome Gwendolyn Limon of Simply Social Health and Simply Dished. Well, good morning, Miss Gwendolyn Limon of Simply Dished and Simply Social Health Media. How was your weekend with your beautiful family and, and kids? Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. It was a great weekend honestly had a full weekend this weekend which that means for me actually having my husband home um being military you know we don't always have weekends so when we do we try to definitely enjoy it um we didn't go anywhere but hey we still had a great time did some gut exercise it was a beautiful day in southern california which we're 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 definitely spoiled to have um and we just had a great time you know still brought our masks of course um went to the playground for a little bit 
and just enjoyed our time. No, that's great. And respect your husband. Which branch? Yes, Air Force. Oh, that's Air fantastic. Force. Yeah. And where is he stationed? We are stationed here in Southern California. We've always been at um, March Air Force Base where we're stationed at. Um, we we love it. We we first started as a reservist. So my husband was reservist for a couple of years, which means, you know, we at that time were actually living in Las Vegas. So I'm actually born and raised in Vegas. My husband is actually originally from San Diego. Um, we, he, we used to just do the reservist thing where he would go out in Ellis Air Force Base fly over here to March Air Force Base and um, only come like a week and a month. But then we actually about in 2014 decided to go or he had applied to be active duty. And now we've been active duty ever since. Oh, that's great. Well, much appreciation and respect for everything he's doing for the country and your support and all of that. That's not easy. Oh, um, no. <laughs> all that on your own. Not no, at all. No. So let's, let's get into, I mean, and you sure. seem to do it all because you, you juggle your family, uh, you juggle Simply Dish and social health media. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear about your childhood. Um, and you, you grew up in a pizza restaurant. Yeah. And that's so interesting <laughs> to me. And did your parents put you to work and did you learn, was it just pizza or, or it seems oh, as if, yeah. from what I read, your parents were very forward thinking. They were already sort of into Eastern medicine. Yes. How were they so ahead of the game and granted you you grew up on the west coast las vegas but mm -hmm. did they come from another country or were they exposed uh I, i'm just so interested in hearing that yeah you know my parents did have a restaurant growing up um my mom had a huge passion for italian food and that led her to honestly um deciding to open up her own restaurant before that though she did work in the corporate sector and um really decided to just go away from that and she decided to open up her business my dad um, was an engineer at um, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, very well-known hotel there, a lot of history there. Mm -hmm. He was an engineer there for over 20 plus years, but at the same time, he also had his own business and he still to this day has his own business in Vegas, which is an air conditioning and heating business. So I really wow. feel like that entrepreneur spirit is definitely kind of bred into my, my genes, as they say. Um, for kind of going out and doing my own thing but to answer your question as it relates to like the food and, and all of that my mom like I said had a love for Italian food but I also have to really give credit where credit is due one of her um employees who came like now like a family friend to this day she went to my wedding like <laughs> you know I was about five years old when I at this time but she became yeah. a family friend and she was actually Filipino so I learned a lot about Filipino food um, at the same time of obviously my parents cooking um, or making like homemade pizzas and um, Philly cheesesteaks and all kinds of different pasta dishes, etc. Seeing how dough is made, you know, for the pizza. It was always something fascinating to me. And my mom also had a love for baking. So, you know, I really credit where I'm at as far as for Simply Dish and my passion for food from my mom. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just always had a thing with being in the kitchen with her, watching her, seeing what her skills were as it relates to the kitchen. And, you know, yes, I did work in the, and even at five, um, quote unquote working for me was like making sure that the tables looked nice, making sure that, you know, pizza boxes were folded up correctly, you know, helping my mom out in that kind of way. Um, as well wow. as making sure, like, literally I would be the little girl greeting you at the front, <laughs> as you came into our pizza shop to say, Hey, welcome to our pizza shop. Or, you know, my mom will be right with you. You know, um, I would live there. I literally lived there. I used to have a, a bean bag in the back and, um, I would take naps there and hang out there, literally buy some pasta sauce and, um, do the process of getting the food and stuff in our local area of Vegas. And all of that was really part of my day to day. Um, but, I think one thing that I look at it, honestly, reflecting back is that taught me a lot about work ethic and also about taking care of other people and customer service, which is truly what both of my parents were all about. Sounds like it. And what a, what a great little childhood retreat to be locked in a pasta, a pasta room with pasta right? sauce and, and a beanbag. <laughs> right. Oh, sounds like the ultimate. Right. Well, that is so interesting. And so and you also talk about the aesthetics. You talk about yes 
communications, work ethic, the aesthetic, the, the way the food is prepared. And so this is, this kind of created your journey and your experience in the fortune 500, um, in regional, in regional management yeah. for different products. And yeah. I mean, you worked on Barilla, you worked on major accounts. Yeah. How interesting. And I'm sure you were able to gather every single bit of that childhood into what you do today. And just from that experience, and then you're, you're competing with people that, you know, had just gone to college. I mean, obviously you did too, right. but didn't have your background. Yes. It's like, it's like maybe they're a numbers person, but you have the whole rounded gamut. I'm sure that really helped you in your success. Yes. And you know, it's a little separate. So, and my background as far as with the fortune 500 space was actually as it relates to healthcare. So I started my healthcare journey back in 2009. I worked at a great organization in Vegas. Um, which is called Cyber Diagnostics Medical Imaging. They were in the area, still are in the area as far as for diagnostic imaging. So they would they would have, um, I would actually report it and did two different types of um, centers. So I had two centers that I managed at that time in um, Vegas where I would go out in the community. So I would share with different physicians. I would actually visit them almost like a pharmaceutical rep in the sense that I would make sure that they were aware of what our services were at Cyber Diagnostics, what we were able to offer them, and what also separated us from other, other people in the community. So I, I definitely feel that a lot of my, my background as it relates to kind of blending both Simply Dish and Simply Social Health Media are all around the same thing as far as providing quality to everybody. I met different physicians within this particular job as I was in Las Vegas, but as I also kind of transitioned into my previous role, which was a couple of years ago, working with McKesson Specialty Health, that also was a great opportunity for me because I then worked with cancer patients. I always like to tell people that I meet, you know, the great pleasure of me working in radiology was to find what was going on within the body. But then I also have mm -hmm. the experience to work within the radiation oncology sector to actually treat the body. Um, I know one of your questions to go back was like, how did my parents obviously kind of, how was their thinking as it relates to this? My parents actually were raised in Ohio. Um, they went far west, as I like to say, because they wanted to get out of the snow and they will tell you that to this day, <laughs> that they wanted to go as far west. But honestly, I get it. Yeah, I oh from. gosh. Oh, so you get it. You get it. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it really, really came from actually at the same time, my mom had the restaurant. My mom felt ill, um, managing, managing, obviously our business managing. She had three kids. I was the youngest. I don't know how she did it, but she's, she amazing, amazing mom, um, in spirit, but her health really got to her in the sense that at that time she was diagnosed um, with lupus. And so oh. she dealt with that diagnosis at the same time of owning her business. And so she fell ill and on, and at that time she needed to stop her business. So she did because of health reasons, which was for the right reasons, in my opinion. However, mm. a lot of what was, was being practiced on her side, um, as far as what was being told to her was to take all these pain medications. And that wasn't really what my mom wanted to do, quite frankly. Um, she was trying to look at different ways in which she can heal her body naturally, which Again, I just tie that back to really my story is that a lot of this was introduced by my parents. Um, and I do believe they're forward thinking as far as for what their approaches are in many aspects. But my mom actually seeks holistic health at that time to help her. Um, now we know that as fibromyalgia was actually became a, a diagnosis that my mom has had and has suffered having fibromyalgia. Like I said, at that time, fibromyalgia wasn't even um, a diagnosis. They didn't even have a name for it. So, um, you know, looking at it now, I really, really tie a lot of my thinking, a lot of what I'm open to and what I share to my personal family's experience and seeing my mom go through that. In addition to just other family members throughout my both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side, where they struggled health-wise with diabetes, with cancer, <clears throat> excuse me, and so many other different diagnoses. And so, as I look at it from the healthcare standpoint where I did marketing, I did all of that. I'm really trying to figure out a way in which I can help other people be conscious about what they're doing each and every day, 
because it truly does have an impact on your current health, but also your future health. Absolutely. And one of my friends is a nurse in an oncology department in Texas, one of the biggest um, cancer research centers in the nation. Awesome. And I asked her and I'm like, what, what do you see as a pattern um, of the oncology patients? What do you see in their backgrounds? And she said, honestly, sometimes diet really has nothing to do with it. Although um, mm -hmm. it's, it goes both ways, but she said, either you have it in your family or you don't, because sometimes someone could just be a smoker, eat junk food all their life. But if they don't have the gene in their family, they're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. But that is also, I do think few and far between because with our foods today, with all right. the carcinogens and the chemicals, this is what your mission is, is absolutely beautiful. And thank you. We have such an issue in this country with the, the lower socioeconomic status, not being the, the food deserts and, or, you know, the fast food restaurants, all the billboards and the right. high satiety of the food. Now, what child is going to want to go from eating pizza and, and, you know, Jack in the box and in and out and all of these other things to, to health food, because that satiety is already there. Right. In fact, one of my friends had, um, they don't, they don't allow their son any candy or any, any junk food but somebody gave him a little bit of a Dorito and they said that this child's little eyes lit up like, like a drug, like he had taken cocaine, mm -hmm. the pupils dilated. And that kid just wanted that little bit of Dorito again and again and again. Um, whether, you know, in versus when he was eating popcorn or grapes or apples, didn't right. have that. Mm -hmm. But then the person was really mad. Like, why did you give my kid that Dorito? I did not want him to be exposed to that yet. Right. Um, it's just, it's such a, a, a huge issue in this country. And I, I really am impressed that companies like Aldi have been, it's a very healthy grocery store offering a lot of fresh produce has gone in, into lower income areas in Los Angeles because yes. I was so excited when it came in mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, it's way, way down. It's way down in another area. Um, right. But it, it needs to be fair. And, but it's also, you know, we, you do get smaller portions. It, it, it's, and then I see that uh, Michelle Obama has a show called Mochi and Waffles, mm -hmm. and she did a lot of work on Sesame Street, and she also had the nutrition plan. But on that same note, although she did a wonderful job, my mom used to teach, she retired early at a lower income uh, school district, and they had a breakfast plan. But she said with the Michelle, Michelle Obama program, there's the, the, the portions are tapered down so drastically that the poor kids are not getting enough food. So mm -hmm. in hindsight, this was a wonderful idea for kids that are obese and need to move, but that did not, that impacted the poor kids who didn't get enough food at home. It did not, it, it didn't do them service. So right. what are some things that we can do, Gwendolyn? Yeah, you know, I, I'm super passionate and I agree with you. I think that there are some companies that are doing great things. Aldi is one of them. Um, mm -hmm. I love that they have more options for people, but I think that it also becomes a thing where we have to look at what we what we can control. What we can control is what we are buying, right? We have to be more conscious. I think as individuals, and even if you're a parent, you also should be more conscious of what you're you're putting into your kids, right? This also is a yeah. conversation there. I'm super passionate about trying to. Um, share what I've been able to do successfully within my kids. And I can tell you, my daughter is completely different from my son. And that is okay. I think that as parents, we need to realize that that is okay. But cater to that child in the sense of introducing and reintroducing certain fruits and veggies to them. Because I'll tell you what, there's been plenty of times where my daughter loves something, but my, my son does not. But if I prepare it a different way, or maybe reintroduce it in a different way, or cook it a different way, he may be more inclined to try it the second time. I think that also one thing that we, not even just here in America, we deal with, but as a society, as a world is, we're not having these conversations as well as why should they be eating this, right? Why is this going to yeah. help them? You know, I think that the other struggle that we have is that when we think healthy, we think several things, it's going to take more time, it's going to cost more money. And for me, mm -hmm. my mission within starting this online platform and sharing my tips and, and recipes through Simply Dish is truly to say, like, meet people where they're at. Because let's face it, the whole world is obviously dealing with the pandemic right now. This is a world conversation that we need to continue to understand the process of how we get our food, 
where are we getting our food and and what was involved within that process so for me it's about having these type of conversations and meeting people where they're at I'm definitely not going to um, say you have to always have all organic because that may not be obtainable for some person another person in a rural area or that doesn't have the financial needs me being a military spouse this is something that I'm passionate about because I tell people look I unfortunately as a military spouse we don't make a million dollars we just don't you know we go in yeah we have a budget right so we have a budget I'm still obviously working my business as well and continue to help that grow but until I kind of get quote unquote to that point of being able to have like everything organic. I'm not preaching that either. I want to meet people where they're at in their current situation by sharing tips and strategies to make not only the food that you're buying work, but let's say you have food that starts to look, as I like to say, squishy, like some veggies. Can you reuse them? So I'll share different strategies and ways that, hey, can you prepare it as a soup? Can you blend that? to then make it into a, a salsa. So you're not wasting that tomato or you're not wasting that carrot or whatever, or using it in a juice. You know, those nutritional values are still in that product, whether that's celery, carrots, beets, whatever, even in quote unquote, it may look, like I said, like, oh man, I don't know if you really wanna, it doesn't look as appealing, but there are different ways you can redo it. And I'm also passionate about sharing with people that same fruit and veggie that you purchased. Let's say you did buy it organic guess what? There's a lot of fruits and veggies that you can regrow yourself. So I'm also about having that conversation because again, if you bought it once and you could regrow it, I think that's another opportunity for us to then implement a way that we can have a conversation with our kids about growing and repurposing and really thinking about our environment as a whole, because we don't have a planet B. We don't. I love that. And you also talk about how you tell your kids what this, what this food does for you. Yes. This creates energy. This gives you better eyesight. This mm-hmm. gives, it helps your skin. Yes. And you know, you talk about, I love the different ways that you can prepare like a tomato and you can reuse it. I saw yesterday that someone was, I was trying to do some research and you can use a can of pumpkin where you can make desserts on a, on a lower calorie level and you can yes. reuse that pumpkin in, in Tupperware. I would yes. assume that would, that would go bad, but you can use it. And also herbs and all of these things can, can be frozen yes. and used again. Mm-hmm. But this is the whole thing. I guess I see, um, you know, I grew, I grew up with a, with a single mother and she, she is, she's a health minor. So she, you know, that was her minor in, in, edu- in um, college. Mm-hmm. So we grew up extremely healthy and very regimented. Plus our religion was very strict. Right. Um, but she, I, I just remember all the preparation that she did and it took time. Right. And this is the problem that I see as well. What if there's a single parent with six kids? Because let's just face it. Right. If you look at Los Angeles, this is very common yes. um, in, in some of these areas. And this woman may be working two jobs, juggling these kids and these kids are out on their own. Right. Um, how in the world, when does she have time to prepare? And if you were to go in there, mm-hmm. although, and, and you, and the thing is, I love that you speak with such great empathy. You yes. see that the nobody, that everybody doesn't have access to water right. or organic foods or all these things, because I was in a volunteer group of women and a lot of them were from Beverly Hills and we were helping um, some of the lower impoverished areas with the same thing. And I heard one, one woman say, well, you just, you know, you don't have to buy granola in a box, go to Whole Foods and make your own. It's a lot healthier. Okay. First of all, there is no Whole Foods for that woman. You know, <laughs> no. we have it. Right. We have it all around us. We have like eight, I have eight Whole Foods right next to me. Wow. How this mm-hmm. woman doesn't have a Whole Foods. It's a food desert. I was yes. just like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I was so embarrassed. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, she was trying, but let's just call a spade a spade. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you can't go in there with a trust fund and throw your weight around. Right. Um, right. So how, what, what would you say to this woman who, yeah. who, or a single father? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so difficult, but it sounds like you would set up a, a solid plan yes. and find some loopholes. Yeah. You know, I really, I really um, feel for, like I said, I come from an empathetic, empathetic mindset where like what you said, this may be happening and we don't even realize it. And I think that mm-hmm. it is about looking creative in a creative way. So like for me, I personally, I know in, in the greater LA area, I know there's also um, a lot of these all, all throughout the US, but looking at 99 cent stores of all places, 
Most people kind of, absolutely. Oh, I love them. I agree. <laughs> people make fun of me and I'm like, they Hey, I'm, I'm laughing my way to the bank. Exactly. This is overage. Yes. <laughs> I, mean. I find so many great, great products that I would find in like a Sprouts. Like even for me, yes. I I'm like, what? I feel like I've run the gold. I'm like, yes, I spent two, like $3 for this. And it's an organic, it is a non-GMO, it is um, a reputable company, you know, product. And it's, for me, yes. I'm vegan, I'm, I'm vegan. And so I like to look into, into these places because a lot of their overage goes to these dollar or 99 cents only stores. So I would encourage that person that may be listening to this, that may be like, I have no clue where I can find it. I can't go to a Whole Foods. If you have a Dollar Tree, if you have a 99 cent store around you, I would encourage you to look there. I would also encourage you to look of all places. You're going to be like, really, Gwen? Yes, I'm going to tell you. I would also look at your Home Goods. I would also look at your TJ Maxx. And I also look at your um, Marshalls and your Rosses out there. Because most of these companies, I can tell you, I get tons of... Um, non-gmo organic types of spices okay yes so i the coffees that are expensive yes the coffees if that's your thing if you like matcha okay i have a blast kid you not a blast going in there just to see oh what am i going to find today what am i going to find today and i would encourage you to go there because one thing also with with eating healthier i think that people think honestly is it's not going to taste good it's going to be bland it's going to be this or that. I will tell you, I, when I go, those, those seasonings that I buy, no lie, are like $4 and they're huge. Okay. Three or $4. And I can use them for veggies. I can use them like sea salts or Himalayan salts. I find mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff in those stores. Mm-hmm. And then for the 99 cents only store, I love produce. To, yes. Produce is like crazy. I can get all of, all of my lettuce there all of my um, strawberries, my blueberries, my oat milk, if that's your thing. I personally love cashew, but I love getting my cashew milk there. And I can tell Mm -hmm. you, it is a lot cheaper than for me to go to a Whole Foods. I don't personally go to Whole Foods. Whole Foods is actually a little bit farther from where I personally live and Sprout is as well, but I have more dollar stores around me. Um, So I would just say, look at what is around you. Start thinking differently as well. And be open to it. I don't care about the stigmatism that people may think of me online when I share. I'm going to the 99 cent store, and then I and, and I will show people this is what I got for my family of four. Okay, I have walked out of that store with literally bags. Okay, because I bring my I'm eco friendly, so I bring my own big old bag with me. But I will show you like how many my whole trunk will be full of groceries and produce for that next two to three weeks, because I go through it like crazy, for $85. Absolutely. For and that's, four and that's, people, I, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and it's just so funny that you share that secret. I do that. I go there all the time. It kind of depends on where you go. Yes. I've, I have found that I have had to like throw a lot away because I'm like, oh, it's it stinks. Yeah. Even though the expiration date is, is like for another like right. four days from then, you right. know, that's the problem. But, right. but, you know, yeah. for the most part, I would say 95% of it, it's, it's a, it's a Mecca yeah. of, but the thing is it takes time and what, exactly. and you and I, it sounds like, like, I love food prep. I love making my own stuff. Right. Um, but a lot of, not a lot of people do. And this is the problem too. Right. Like I look at my building. I mean, I see Postmates every single delivery is, I mean, it's 24 seven in our building. And wow. it's just funny because I had a package stolen out of the lobby from, um, uh-huh. you know, from, from Amazon prime. And we watched the video and there was a month, like there were like 75 Postmates or Grubhub or DoorDash or Uber eats within a half an hour, oh, 75. Gosh. So it's wow. just like, that's, I mean, that's wow. what people, and, yeah. And there's a lot of you know, execs in my building and they work from home, but it's just, right. it, it's, it's easier. It's more convenient. But if you, right. if people are complaining about the price, oh my God, yeah, it's to me, it's a luxury to get. And I don't, I don't, yeah. I love restaurant food, but we all know that like you right. and I definitely know that even the caloric content on the menus, it is 30% less than what they're actually saying mm-hmm. because they definitely add more olive oil. They definitely add more butter yes. than what they're saying. So yes. 
you know, it's more expensive. They're getting more calories. If they're sitting there complaining about, well, why didn't I, you know, it, look at, look at what you're eating. I mean, it's, right. it's right. delicious, right. it's convenient, but this is, this is, these are things that you could do go to the 99 cent store and prepare it. So yep. yeah, it's just, it's you have hard. to want to. Exactly. You know? I think exactly. I think that you should want to, but I also think it's like, how are you viewing the food? Are you viewing it as short-term or long-term? For me, I'm thinking about it in a long-term sense that, hey, you know what? For my children, this is important to me. So even mm-hmm. if it takes me a little bit more time in the dollar store, because it does, I will go in there and I'm like looking and inspecting, okay? I'm that girl <laughs> that's in there looking and expecting. But you know what? I try to make less trips. For me, I'm stocking up. Like I'm going in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman on a mission. I'm in their You're trunk. using those yes, muscles with their $85, $85 yes. in that trunk. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself strategically, okay, I want to grab this. I want to grab this, grab this. But it's also a time where I also would say, again, going back to what I said earlier, this is also where I find um, out where our food's coming from. A lot of the 99 cent stores I could say in our area, a lot of it's coming. If you read the labels, it'll show you where it's coming from and it's not traveling far. I also pay so. attention to that. Hey, it's coming from San Diego. That's not too far for me. Oh, it's coming from Anaheim. Okay. I know where that food is coming from, which also tells me and, and should tell you about the quality of that food. One. Okay. And two, you know, it's at least from your area. So I feel a little bit better. Like, okay, it's from my area. I can see that it's had, you know, a short distance of travel to get to me. I love that, which means it's going to be fresher produce. A lot of people, I see it. I also have a Costco membership. Okay. And I see people just picking up food. Take the time. This is your money and this is your body that you're investing in. You and your Mm -hmm. kids, take the time, read that label. If it takes a few more seconds or somebody's mad that you're taking forever, whatever, you know, look at where your food is coming from. Did it have a a short travel, long travel, et cetera? Learn and at least be more aware and conscious of where it's coming from. But realize like for me with this, within this pandemic, I truly, like I said, try to stock up so I don't have to go out as long. So that may mean me also, once I bring the produce back, there's also a method in which you can make your food last longer in your fridge, which is another conversation I don't think people are having or or even aware of. How can you make your herbs last longer? I'm, you know, um, we're a multicultural family. I'm full black. My husband's Cuban and Mexican. So we like to cook with a lot of herbs and with cilantro and this and that. How do we keep that? How do we keep that stuff fresh in the fridge? So it's not like I bought it for a dollar and it's gone by the end of the week. There's a process. Absolutely. You know, and do you kind of from working in the restaurant, you kind of rotate. So if you buy more lettuce, you put the back of the older lettuce, yeah. the newer lettuce in the back, oh, so you yeah. rotate it forward. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes yeah. I'll find myself in a hurry just throwing it in there on top of the other stuff. And I'm like, oh, crap, which one, right? which one is older and newer <laughs> if it's not labeled? Right. Sometimes sometimes packages of produce are not labeled, I've noticed. And I'm like, yes. ooh, I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love that. You, but you do spend a lot of time and you put a lot of care into it. I do. And that's the whole thing. But you talk about... Um, you know, if you were to go in, I, I love how you talk about the food prep and everything like that. You would right. almost have to talk on a lowest common denominator. Like, for example, mm-hmm. you would almost have to have every single meal laid out. So if you were to go grocery shopping, maybe with a, how about, you know, maybe with a couple of women that have kids and right. maybe take them to the grocery store and then have to maybe prepare. This is exactly what we do for each, for each meal. Right. I mean, is this, is this kind of the goal for the future? How are you going to go about this. I mean, you're already yeah. working on it and your food photography, um, oh, just for thanks. the audience. She's also, Gwendolyn is also a food photographer and it is okay. That sandwich with the purple potatoes and the squash <laughs> and that kale. Oh, it, it was a rainbow, a rainbow yes, sandwich. It was please. absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> All Thank of you. it. And then when you took us in your backyard, looking at the Clementines, it's just, it looks like a movie. I mean, even if people don't even want to eat healthy, look at her Instagram and it's, and that is simply dished. And I'll obviously put that in all the links, but how would you go about, you know, for my, sorry, backtrack, um, taking these women in the grocery store and, right. and teaching them the meal prep. Uh, have you yeah. done that? I haven't, you know, gotten to that point to like literally physically be able to do it obviously. Cause obviously the pandemic and stuff is going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause COVID, but you know, ideally, like as I go through this, I'm, I'm really trying to hear from my community what they're needing. So this is a great question. I 
honestly just want to meet them where they're at. I think that, again, it's going back to that. My culture and what my family has is a culture, right? But I would say that I would also have that conversation with that man or that woman to say, okay, here's some essentials that I think that every person should have. I definitely feel that we need to have leafy greens every single day. You should try to aim to get those leafy greens, whether you're a, um, you know, mixed green type of person that you want it already done with the carrots or whatever. Everybody has their preference. But the thing is, whatever you can get or want to at least start to establish, I think at the core of what your plate should be, should be focused on some type of green in that day-to-day consumption. Whether you're a broccoli person, whether you like the greens, whether you like asparagus, whatever, but it's also having that conversation with the person to say, what are you open to? It's going back to that. What are you open to trying? That would be the conversation. You meet them halfway. Yes. I want to meet them halfway because I can tell you, you need to eat this. You need to eat that. Beets are good for this. I personally hate beets. My daughter loves beets. I have no clue why, but she loves them. But meeting them where they're at in their journey, I think is what it's about to opening people's mindsets. Because again, it's, it's really looking at going back, right? And they're personal, they're, they're grownups now. They may have had a bad experience that their mom made asparagus for them and they hate it. They're like, ugh, I don't even want to think about it. However, maybe they want to try it again. So I would have that conversation or have that inner dialogue like, hey, am I open to maybe try and cauliflower a different way? Am I open to this and that, you know? But it's also, again, about being open, but also be willing to try again. Because just like losing weight, you may have to try a different way to lose weight. As we get older, that may change, right? How and mm-hmm. what we need to do to get to where we want to be, it takes baby steps. And I would, I would come from approach of being welcoming and being nurturing because I feel I don't like people shoving stuff down my throat. Mm-mm. I wouldn't want that to do something to somebody else. I want to meet them where they're at and maybe get them thinking about a different way to prepare it um, and to introduce to their family. It's also bringing back to me a lot of what I, a lot of what I also kind of share here is the importance of bringing back that culture. So for me, like I shared, my mom loved, loved Italian food. So a lot of what I kind of share from the plant-based side is plant-based alternatives to regular pasta. There's a lot of brands mm-hmm. out there that do that. You mentioned, obviously, I got a chance to work with Barilla, which was amazing. Um, I did get the opportunity to do that. But it's also looking at, okay, I love spaghetti, but how can I make that healthy? Right? Sure. How can I make that healthier now? There's a zucchini pasta that they have. They even now have an edamame pasta that's out there versus mm-hmm. a regular so I can get that veggie that I need throughout my day, but it's still like a comfort food, right? Um, so I think it's about that as well. What brings you back? For me, it's that. It's Italian food. It's my mom making lasagna. But how can I make that healthier with now not packing it with all that cheese? But how can I use like maybe a vegan cheese? Or how can I maybe use a plant-based meat that's going to give me that plant that I need in my day-to-day? But also put in like zucchinis or mushrooms or onions or uh, uh, eggplant, you know, how can I make that? So I think every soul food, every food that we love can be altered. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just the fact that it takes extra time. And like you said, it has to be a choice because if the person's not willing to, then forget about it. And even those, those veggie pastas, they're delicious, but they also are more expensive. However, Mm -hmm. if someone were to, if you were to go into a lower income household, Yes. And, and perhaps bring a spiraler or teach the person how to cut up the zucchini again that take t- that takes time right um and learn how to how to boil that and and create zoodle you know zoodles zoodle you know yeah. with, with zucchini and things like that but right. that's these are all wonderful ideas um i guess my my big final point that i really want to get to is is the fast food conglomerates and some people say oh you know it's their responsibility you know it really isn't they're mm-hmm. they're they're in a market to, to make money for their, for their shareholders. Right. It's you, we cannot blame these people at the end of the day, we make the choice. We put it in our mouths. Exactly. The problem is it looks delicious. And when someone's coming home on a long commute in LA, especially right. for three hours or something like that. Right. And they smell <laughs> that jet, they smell that in and out burger. I mean, is there a better smell? Um, I know, I know you're vegan. Um, yeah. I, I am as well. 
right. but it still smells good. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they just don't care. They, they, they don't. They'd rather just shovel it down. And that's the problem. When you're that hungry, yeah. you do shovel it down. Yeah. And then you shovel down max quantities. And it's yeah. just interesting because I was at a Starbucks the other day. Um, I'd gone through the drive-thru and then I had to park because I had to like rearrange everything. And there was a girl that was eating. Um, she had like like six bags that she had. She was a binger. Mm-hmm. And I noticed she had like six. And I, I was very careful not to stare. Right. And um, I just happened to look over and she immediately put this like window shade up. I'm like, oh, I just, I happened to look over just out of a nod of like courtesy. Like I was parking next to you and I know it's kind of close because, you know, we're packed parking lot. Right. Um, but she was like binging during the day. So you um, almost wonder what was her journey? Maybe you said she, you know, per your earlier point, she'd try to diet and, and it right. didn't work. So then she was mm-hmm. kind of self-sabotaging Yeah. and then goes to Starbucks and all these other places and Starbucks is great, but some of these, some of these, some of these things that at Starbucks is 420 calories for yeah. even a grande, not, yeah. even, not even a venti. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, but it is at the end of the day. And what could, what could food marketing companies do better. Both you and I worked yeah. for one. I, I worked for General Mills for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you worked with Perilla and several others. What, what could they do? But then again, they're in it to make money. And if we take away that, then a lot of that corporate money is not going to charity. So the problem is it's a vicious cycle, but no one needs to blame the food companies. I, I, I have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. And just a correction for that. So I did not work for Barilla. I was actually just, yeah, no, I didn't do consulting. I was actually working um, as a brand partner. So they actually just found me through social media. So I did kind of like a brand collaboration with them. So correction, yeah, so correction on that. I I only worked with them like in a a partnership. Um, My background has only been like I shared um, within the healthcare sector. So like I said, working in radiology and then working for my radiation oncology center that I worked with. And then obviously now owning my own business, but I really feel like what you're saying is true. I don't really put the blame quote unquote on the, um, different companies out there that are in the food marketing. I think that I see some progress since you also are vegan. I see some progress that some companies are trying to market to those that are dairy free. Those are, are vegan or looking for plant-based alternatives. I see that there's a switch in the market, but again, I think some of that comes personally off of what they see others are demanding, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to, again, at the end of the day, this is about market share, right? So in order to be competitive in the market, they need to be able to talk to that particular audience. And you can only do that if you're bringing what the audience wants. As a consumer, I think it is our, um, it's in our best face to communicate to these people and say, we don't, we want to know, like, if you look at the whole movement around knowing what labels were in the first place. A lot of that wasn't happening before people started demanding like, Hey, what is in here? What's the sodium? What's the carbs? What's this and that? And that came out of a lot, in my opinion, because people were asking, they wanted to know now what people do on the other side with that information. I don't really know, but that's also, I I have to say it's a kind of, it's a double-edged sword in that type of way because some people really want to know like I would really want to know what's in my stuff but other people they don't care that just tastes good at the moment right so for me again it just goes back to that you need to be proactive in what you're doing and that's what I encourage is to be proactive in your health versus reactive in your health because at the end of the day you no matter what you may be thinking based on the environment that you're in, based on what your genetics, yes, that plays a factor. However, what you do have control of is what you decide to put on your body and what you decide to put in your body. And those two things are important. Yeah. Yeah. And just like you said, you come from a history of diabetes and heart disease and things like that in your family, but you did something about it. And let's face it. I know I shouldn't be saying this, but a lot of people in the fitness industry and nutrition industry know a lot of this COVID is hitting the obese right. and no one's, no one's paying any attention mm-hmm. to educating like, and doctors gloss over it in, in college. They barely, yes. they barely scratch the surface. Oh, A yeah. doctor has to want to know about it to do further research because, and like, why is that being hidden? 
Or is it just not a priority because the food companies are making too much money and it's all governmental? And I don't want to get into conspiracies, oh, yeah. of course. No, no. But it, it, it oh, is a vicious cycle. It is. And I, I think you bring up a great point is that, yeah, that is kind of the hidden, quote unquote, hidden thing about this pandemic is a lot of people aren't talking about what they what people can do. We talk about the importance of washing our hands, which was always something important, obviously with germs and, and spreading disease. We all we all know that. I mean, even my four-year-old knows that. However, they teach it in kindergarten. Yeah, we yes. teach it in kindergarten, right? You should wash your hands, washing your hands, singing a song, blah, blah, blah. However, why are we not having the conversation, like what you said to your point, about what we are eating? It has continued to not be a thing that we talk about. And I honestly, like you said, I don't want to go into conspiracies and all that, but let's face it, if you dive into, which people should be aware of, if you dive into what these big companies are doing, your McDonald's, your Burger King, all those that are out there, okay, they're worried about the bottom line, which the bottom line is money. You hate to say that, but it's just the truth. It's money. It's their pocket. And it's important that yeah. people understand that. You need to understand to. that. But it's also me having the knowledge and me kind of learning more about it personally is like, you also have to realize that these also have ties into pharmaceutical coming from yes. coming from, again, I bring that healthcare background to say, and to realize like for me, even though I was in the particular space, and this is why I personally went vegan is that I didn't really see that connection, even though I was in the healthcare space until I kind of educated myself, watching different documentaries to learn more and to dive more into it. I really like to say I kind of came back to my roots and the holistic side, like I shared earlier about my family, how my mom went through and is still battling different things with her fibromyalgia. But I was like, you know what? It kind of goes back to those same basic roots of how can I be proactive in this? What am I putting into my body? And what are other natural ways I can heal my body? Because food, I think people need to realize is medicine. It can provide you nutrients. It can heal you, et cetera. There's plenty of case studies out there. This is something that our doctors need to be more um, knowledgeable in, I would say. And I mean by that, it's not in a rude way, but like which to your point is a lot of these physicians, a lot of people don't realize they don't go through like proper, how do you heal the body with food? We don't have these conversations. I can tell you working almost five and a half years in the cancer space, we had nutritionists that would come for certain patients, but it's also knowing as an individual in society that you have access in, in some insurances to these people to help you. We don't talk about that either. If you don't know Absolutely. where to start. They don't advertise. No. Maybe they're not allowed. Exactly. It's so it's like, what do people, I, some of it's also, I feel like a knowledge thing. Do you know if your insurance allows you to have a nutritionist through your primary? Ask your primary. Be uh, uh, advocate for your own health because at the end of the day you may have access to a nutritionist that you don't even know it may just be asking that question and I just wanted I to that. share that because I feel you also have to be an advocate for your family but you also need to be an advocate for your own personal health because nobody is going to fight for your health more than you at the end of the day Gwendolyn do most Insurance companies cover a nutritionist. I mean, I didn't even know that yeah. this would be an option. Some, some some insurance companies do, and on it, you, I would just say, if you're if you're curious about this, obviously ask your um, primary care physician if this is something that your insurance covers. Here in the state of California, I can tell you, um, there's a lot of kind of gray areas with this because of mm -hmm. uh, HMOs, etc. With it, if you're a Medi-Cal, Medicare. Those are government contracts, um, you know, insurance payers. At the end of the day, I would just suggest to the audience that's listening to this, ask your provider, your, your, um, you can call directly to your insurance and ask because nine times out of 10, and it's not knocking the primary physicians, but they're going to then just revert you and go in a circle to ask your insurance carrier because every single insurance is different. So ask. And you have to fight for your health care. You do. I mean, you, you'll be on the phone for like, two hours on, on a whole, Sometimes but if you, you do. want that enough, you will. Yes. And there's also reading materials. If you do have access to the internet and let's just say a lot of, you know, a lot of people probably don't We right. learn that with zoom school. Um, right. but there's always something that you can find out about if you want to. Exactly. Um, and a lot of, I love a lot of though. providers. Yeah. Um, a lot of providers though, 
whether you're, I know the insurance payers in this area, because again, I know you're, most of your audience is here in California, but abroad, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield is a huge provider out here. Um, IHP, Medi-Cal, Medicare, all of these healthcare payers have information on their websites. So yes, if you have a smartphone or if you have access to this, or if you just have access to a phone to call, you can mm -hmm. ask the service providers, the specialists, whatever name you want to call it, because each company kind of has a differently named. Um, ask that customer service agent, hey, on my plan, do I have access to a nutritionist? Ask these questions. And if they say yes, your next step will then be to ask your primary, set up an appointment with your primary care physician and ask them for a referral. Because nine times out of 10, they're going to ask you fit that you need a referral from your primary. I just know the loops that they do. So do yeah. what you need to, which is then say, okay, I know now that <clears> I have access. It is something that's paid for. But also find, always tell people, look at what that fine print is as well. Find out with, if I do have access to the nutritionist, is there a certain copay that I need? What's that copay? Is there, does my deductible need to be met? Ask that as well, because you don't want to be blindsided in the back end once you get a ridiculous bill sent over to you in the mail. Be smart. Ask those questions. Is there a copay for those visits? Is it offered virtually? Because obviously we're in the pandemic. Or, hey, is there a deductible that I have to meet in order to basically um, get this provider to or this nutritionist to help me? But those are wonderful tips. Thank those you are the so things. much. Yes, for sure. Okay. That sounds great. And finally, I'm very interested that you went from medical to food because I, I had spoken um, at the anti-obesity conference. It was downtown Los Angeles a couple of years ago. It still goes on all over the, the, the world, but it was sponsored by Nova Nordisk, mm -hmm. um, which I, you know you and I know is one of the biggest diabetic um, insulin drugs in the, in, in the world probably. Right. Um, so, and the problem is it's almost a juxtaposition because if they're making money and yet they're talking about the anti-obesity conference, all of this was basically, I, I didn't see any nutrition speakers at all. Right. Um, I was there to kind of moderate, moderate the interviews, but um, it was all about, you, you know, making more money. Well, the obese is going to increase by such and such by this time. So we have to create more of this insulin and it wasn't right. being react, you know, proactive with its help, but, right. because, but then again, it has to make money. So I get it. It, right. it was just, it was so interesting to me. Yeah. I, and it's and it's and it's sad because um, it, you you give that example obviously for diabetes, but it's also something unfortunately I saw working in the cancer space is that why didn't we also talk about that? I I, yeah. I you know um, being out of the scene now, um, it's something like I I didn't understand that disconnect. Why why are and I worked with a lot of leading organizations, you know, and I, I'm. Um, proud that I had that opportunity to not only do it locally, but also work with like America Cancer Society, America Lung Association, Susan G. Komen, all of these well-known, you know, yes. cancer organizations. However, I think where improvement needs to be, where the improvement needs to happen is like what you're saying as relates to nutrition, because it's one thing also taking it back at looking at where cancer patients may be within their treatment, right? But Mm -hmm. what about after that nobody none of these as far as what I've seen personally none of these health organizations are talking about okay if you do get diagnosed with diabetes now what what can you do it's just here's this pill take these shots take this pill take these shots we should be exactly. more and be more inclusive to say okay well what else can you do because guess what everybody has to eat every day Right. So why don't we, we think about that? You know, and we know those bodies love sugar. If you oh, are yeah. diabetic oh, yeah. and those and cancer patients and cancer thrives on sugar. It does. So that alone, we should have nutritionists going in there or, 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 or RDs. RDs are obviously right. the most important of the, the highest educated. Right. But I love that. So even when someone's diagnosed an RD could go into their room mm -hmm. and sit down with them and consult with them. Um, right. I think that's, that would be an ideal situation. I, I agree do. with that. I do. I just so, think, you know, we have a, we have a ways to go, but again, it's going back to what I said before is whether you have the access, because again, it goes back to access to me, 
I realized in a perfect world that it would be great for everybody to get a nutritionist, but maybe let's say your insurance carrier does allow you. It's maybe, a bougie, yeah. It's a bougie privilege. Yeah, yep. it's, it's a privilege. So you have to look at it in reverse, in my opinion, is saying, okay, well, that's not offered. Okay, let me try to spend some time, follow accounts, et cetera, that can maybe help me get to that point. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't like my waffles or my pancake or you know, I still have kids. I want, you know, I'm not saying to completely eat a, a bite on celery every single day. I'm not right. right? Oh. But it's about I still have a quality life. At the end of the day, I personally want to reach over 100. I want to be looking good at 100 years old. And they're like, dang, she she's killing it. You know, how do we and get there? Your kids. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I know you like waffles because yes. audience, <laughs> please look at her simply dish and look at those sweet potato waffles. <laughs> oh you. my God. Thank you. Besides the rainbow sandwich and everything else on that, <laughs> I, I, I'm like salivating and it's so gorgeous. Thank oh, you. Thank you. That food photography. And it's just funny because I didn't take pictures of some products yeah. for something. And it's like, and the guy's like, can you just adjust the lighting? I'm like, oh dear God, I get so ADHD. <laughs> and I'm like, Gwen, Gwen, <laughs> I need you. <laughs> I may have to come, and they, come to you, girl. I may have to come to yeah. you. Yeah. And these weren't even like, yeah, we'll meet up at the 99 cent store and go for coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, I love, I love all these things that you're doing Thank and you. how can we support you? And and quickly touch on your on your on your goals and, and yes. how we can further support you. Thank you so much. You know, um, I truly appreciate this opportunity to just come on and kind of share my story. I, I think you are supporting me in what you're doing right now. Just to get the word out there is truly what I'm trying to do. Um, my goals, honestly, for Simply Dish is to impact more people that are just maybe just wanting to look at their life in a different way and just wherever they're at, just start a new day. For me, I don't care if you are particularly vegan. I don't care if you're vegan curious or you're just trying to eat a little bit better. I'm trying to meet you where you're at. That's truly what I'm about. Um, I really want to eventually, my big goal is to truly have my own cooking show because I feel like we need to have this in our mainstream media. We need to have somebody on our food network, our HGTV, our Netflix out there. That's my big goal is to be with one of those huge, huge companies that are going to take that chance on me. Yes. That are passionate, that are, as I like to say, impact driven. I'm an impact driven individual. I have never taken a job that I wasn't behind their mission. That's just not me. I want to help people. I want to serve people with the one life that I have. And so that's how I take it day to day. Um, I'm looking to get to that point. You know, I, I'm, I do believe in, a, in, in, in God and that he has a, a mission for my life. And I, and I feel like, honestly, these last few years, maybe, maybe it's, it's pointed me more in that direction to say, okay, Gwen, go into this direction, lean into what you're passionate about and the rest will kind of come. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. Those people will align with me that are supposed to be for me and my people and to reach others. Um, I have my marketing agency as well. I, where I, um, you know, which is simply social health media. I work specifically with other brands, trying to elevate them as well with that marketing experience that I bring those 10 plus years of working in that corporate sector to also help other people. So I would say, if you want to help me, or if you're definitely about also making an impact, you can help me by supporting me within simply social health media. If you're a health brand, whether you're an individual, whether you're a company, a doctor, um, I work with those individuals on that marketing space to make sure they look good on the digital side, whether that's your food photography, like what you're sharing. Um, and I help them with that. I help them with that as well. But as a whole, I, I truly want to also scale my business. I'm simply social health media as a military spouse, as I shared my ultimate goal for my business as well for my, my media agency is to be able to hire other military spouses and other vets. I, I'm super passionate about trying to help that community because I personally see um, others that are discriminated against being a military spouse and a vet. It's a conversation that I also feel is not really um, talked about too much, but there are more unemployed military spouses and vets than the, most of most other U.S. Um, citizens. And I think that's that's ridiculous after these people. Yes, after these people have served our, our country. So 
I'm passionate to be able to scale my business, to be able to hire other military spouses that are in my community and others that I've not yet met to be able to have that flexibility in the workplace. Because again, I don't think that vets or military spouses should be discriminated against in the workspace. And I know that's something that I personally dealt with and I don't want it to happen. So that's why I opened up my business. Wow, I love that. And without sounding too religious, this is all God's work that you're doing. Yes. Really, because this is all for the greater good. And and the capital is going to come because yeah. you're not leading with that. You're no. leading with the message of helping others and employing others and getting yes. every single message is pure and beautiful. Thank and you. This will happen. Absolutely. Thank happen. you. Um, well, I appreciate you so much. And um, you can always find her at Simply Dish and Simply Social Health Media. Yes. And just and I, I if, if nothing else, please look at her food photography on Simply Dish and just look at some recipes. And, yes. And look her up and, and consult with her. Yes. If if you were to need some guidance, and we really appreciate you for coming on today. What a wonderful Thank message. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anna. I appreciate this opportunity. This is my first ever podcast. I'm so happy to be able to have it with such a beautiful soul, inside and out. You're truly passionate, and I can I can definitely hear it in your voice that you're also exactly what I said about people at the end of the day. So I appreciate you. And that was Gwendolyn Limon of Simply Social Health Media and Simply Dished. She strives to bring proper nutrition and education to low-income households and communities and the masses. We so appreciate you for listening, and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, Tuned In, or at Believe.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels or at Ann McDaniels Actress. And I'll see you next time on So Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.